just waiting for it to connect. Connecting. And here we are. Good evening. Hello. How oh. are you, Claire? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for asking me. I do apologise for my very casual appearance this evening. No, I'm no, I'm very casual as well. <laughs> I, call this, I call this casual Sundays. Well, I'm actually packing. I'm moving house tomorrow. So oh, wow. I've been, um, yes, in packing hell all day. So oh, this is I'll a welcome break. It's a great day to do this then. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's, it's a welcome break, honestly. So it's a, it's a, I've just... Goodness me, you think you don't have much stuff and then you when you actually start packing it you realise just how much crap you amass in your house. <laughs> oh wow. So are you not working um tomorrow then I take it? No, I've got the week off. So um I'm it's the first time all year I've taken an entire week off. Um it's just been one of those crazy years for so many reasons. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I've just struggled to take because I haven't had a you know a foreign holiday which would force you to take the time off. Yeah. I've ended up just not taking an entire week off. So I said to my boss on Friday, I really am going to try and not check my email. So if he needs yeah. me, WhatsApp me. But apart from that, I'm just going to try and not check my emails because as soon as you do, you get caught in a, a rabbit yeah. hole then, don't you? And yeah. you get really, sucked really into important. things. It's really important to sometimes just lock off. Yeah. And just exactly. switch off. Exactly. Um, so Claire, there's some some that obviously know you, and there's some here that don't. So some of the sweat club members don't actually read women's health. Oh, um, shame for them. <laughs> yeah, <it's indeed. laughs> so how I kind of wanted to um, start the discussion just by learning a bit about your journey and how you became the editor in chief of women's health. So my background is actually newspapers. So I'm I'm a trained news journalist. I I did a graduate training scheme on a national newspaper um, in 1999, which is, okay. you know, showing my age. So <laughs> I, I qualified as a journalist a very long time ago, and I stayed in national newspapers for about seven years. Okay. And it was very exciting, and it was at a time when there was lots of money in newspapers, so they thought nothing of sending you here, there, and everywhere abroad to cover okay. stories on the drop of a hat. So it was... Um, a thrilling experience and I certainly went to countries that I probably would never have gone to if I hadn't been in newspaper or certainly not when I was in my early 20s yeah but it did end up affecting my mental health and I've been very honest and open about my mental health challenges in the past if anyone was to google me and just put Claire Sanderson depression they'd find my story but uh, it ended up um really had a negative effect on my mental health and I ended up having to go into hospital with severe oh. depression and anxiety for, oh, for seven oh, okay. weeks and it was at that time when I realised that tabloid newspapers and, and the, the pressures that are put upon the staff and some of the situations that you have to put yourself in which you feel compromise your own personal ethics and sometimes even your safety because they certainly didn't have the... Um, the the rules and regulations that are in place today which have okay. been imposed upon the the newspapers in recent years so it just it took its toll on my mental health so i decided to um jump ship to the relative serenity of magazines and i think that was in 2007 okay so i worked at grazia which i'm sure okay. many yeah. people yeah. on here will know um a magazine called look which was a weekly um fashion magazine sadly no longer with us um, and I, I, I loved it, but my, my long held passion has always been health and fitness. And okay. when I was working at Look, 
where I was the deputy editor, I used to say to my staff, one day I will edit Women's Health. It was yeah. my, my dream to be the Women's Health editor. So I was I was employed first and foremost at Women's Health because of my long and proven track record in journalism and as an editor. Yeah. That said, I don't believe you could run a brand like Women's Health unless you are genuinely engaged in the subject matter yeah. because I, I feel you have to live and breathe the brand yeah. and, and I do and all my staff do as well. We all have different areas of wellness that we're interested in. Some are, you know, very dedicated runners. Others are really into yoga. Yeah. Um, we all have our different things and I'm probably the most dedicated out of a lot, to be honest, because yeah. I'm... Uh, I mean, I'm I, w- I was interested because I wanted to know if, like you was into health and fitness before you became the editor of Women's Health or it was like a kind of byproduct of the job? No, it's always been my absolute obsession. Uh-huh. So I, I used to row competitively at university and uh-huh. um, I, I've run marathons. I used to be a fairly accomplished triathlete. So I've, I've always been very very engaged in health and fitness the reasons for me being engaged in it have changed so um, in my early 20s I was competitive then I fell down the route of doing it because I wanted to be slim you know and I was a cardio queen and running miles and miles and miles and all this and then um but since um I've realised the benefits it has on your mental health and how necessary it is for me to train almost daily. My reason for training now is predominantly my mental health. That said, I love being strong. I love being fit. I love the camaraderie of doing classes when we're allowed. You know, and um, and I just, I love the way it makes me look. Um, in terms of looking strong, you know, I I love that I've got guns, you know. That's yeah, yeah, so um, I'm in my forties. I take HRT. You know, I I I'm at an age now that um, you know, historically women at my age were sort of seen going off the cliff, you know, going down the other side. But I, you know, the 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 messaging and the um, the how society looks at women in their forties now is very different, and I'm really proud to be strong fit and when I go to a class I lift weights heavier than some of the blokes and I yeah, love that oh, that's good so you see you said you went through a bit of depression back in your earlier de- earlier 20s yes was exercise something that was kind of prescribed to you no it wasn't um which because this it's yeah this was a long time ago and what was prescribed to me was a lot of medication okay you know, yeah. um and no one ever, I don't believe anyone ever said to me that a way that you can improve your mental health um, more effectively than, than most medication is to, is to move more. Yeah. Um, and also nutrition is key, you know, less mm-hmm. sugar, sugar affects your yeah, mood, yeah. drink. You know, I was in my 20s at an age when, you, you know, we drank loads. I don't drink very often now at all. Okay. I can I, I can go months and not drink. So, um, and I've, I've spoken to many psychiatrists and leading mental health doctors um, during my time at Women's Health. And now they are all very much aware that exercise and good nutrition is absolutely essential for, for good mental health. Yeah, yeah. So you see with your, your kind of women's health, your readership now, do they all kind of do like a similar form of exercise? Do you promote a particular type of exercise or is it kind of well-rounded? It's well-rounded and 
there's this misconception about women's health that it's a it's very much a, a fitness brand hardcore mm-hmm. fitness brand and it's not it's a very um holistic look at wellness so mm-hmm. we um appreciate that our readership have a broad ability level so we have women who are picking up women's health because they're just starting on their wellness journey and they need to be guided and and Mm -hmm. they they need us to hold their hands so we have to make sure that we have content in there that but also we appreciate that we have readers that train four or five times a week we've done research so i know that um our readers fall into three buckets the 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 the, the, sort of the beginners and then the um we have a phrase for it, I can't remember now off the top of my head, but we have the one that's sort of the middle ground women yeah. who train two, three times a week, enjoy a glass of wine, a bit of balance, yeah, and then yeah. we have the real dedicated crowd. So, But we cover all aspects of exercise. So one month we might um, talk about strength training and yoga, and mm-hmm. then the next month we'll do a running fitness challenge, which we did recently with um, Tashi um, Skirvin, oh there's a, there's a trainer I can't remember her surname now but we do fitness challenges which we'll put the instructions in print but we'll put videos on our YouTube channel so we'll be saying there's a 28 fitness channels that you can follow so we have another one coming out the end of December mm-hmm. 29th of December we go on sale and that tends to be our biggest selling issue of the year because everyone's a bit like oh panicking after Christmas you know too many quality streets yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so we're doing a, a fitness challenge and it's called a total body reboot and they, they, their food and the, the reps and everything they need to do is in print, but they can do the workouts online as well. So we're a very um, 360 brand yeah, that has exactly. content on our podcast, on YouTube, on the social channels, on the website, but also in print. Wow. So you're doing quite a lot. So how has, how have you seen media kind of change um, and become more digitalized in your kind of whole career? So it's fast forwarded, in my opinion, three to five years in the last six months yeah. in terms of the move to digital. So yeah. there's definitely been this evolve to digital. Yeah. I should say that women's health is in good um, in a good state on the newsstand because okay. it's a specialist brand. And it's health and people trust what they read in print more than they do digitally. There's research into this that people trust print um, 70% more than anything they they read on digital because they feel it's gone through editorial scrutiny, etc. That said, um, during this last, well, how long have we been in lockdowns? Let's say six months, it's a bit longer. We've seen our digital numbers go through the roof okay. it went bananas in the beginning we went into lockdown for yeah. home fitness content went absolutely bananas we women were searching for it and we're not seeing those numbers subside so um there's definitely been a movement away from print to digital <laughs> and some brands have been hit worse than others yeah. but fortunately touchwood women's health has held its own um the issue that's on sale at the moment which has Oti Mabuse on the cover is selling extraordinarily well. Um, I can't. It's up year on year, double figures. Oh, wow. So if you, if you think the achievement that is selling more than double figures than the same issue last year, when you take into account the current climate, that's an achievement. So, yeah, okay. um, so was, was there a bit of panic, or was you guys already kind of set for kind of this digital age? We were already we were we were a merged brand anyway, so we 
all the team worked across print and digital, but we definitely had writers, content creators who were print natives, okay. who created a bit of content for digital. And then we had the digital writers who created a bit for print. But what I did um, in the beginning of lockdown, when I could see the digital numbers going through the roof, is that I simplified the print content considerably because mm -hmm. in the beginning, no one was buying the magazines because you physically couldn't go out. Remember the yeah. first lockdown? Like, it was much stricter than the one that we're yeah. sort of ignoring at the moment not me personally but if yeah. you go out the, it doesn't look like we're in lockdown the roads are quite busy aren't they but in the yeah. beginning no one could go out at all yeah so i moved all the print writers off onto digital and i'm so proud of how they pivoted overnight and bear in mind we were all working remotely as well yeah. you know none yeah. of us have done that before um and the, with the skills that they managed to, to pick up almost overnight to create digital content was was really impressive. And yeah. I actually want to count myself in that as well. I'm quite proud how much I now know about digital content and analytics and, and all this. And this is stuff yeah. that even though I managed the digital team, mm -hmm. they were still very much had the autonomy to put the nuts and bolts of the digital content together. And I was their manager from a very sort of top yes. level but i've had to get my hands dirty and get involved so i feel that it's it's enriched my skill set and benefited me also yeah i actually know one of your digital editors amy oh yeah i went to i went to college with amy in sirens oh, yeah. so she's she's had a baby now. yes yes so, uh, yeah, so she lives up the road from me in winchester funnily enough she moved oh, oh, down okay. here to have um her little baby so yes he's a month old so he's oh, a very little. Oh, that's nice. So you see, um, you said how Women's Health kind of dealt with the pandemic, but how did you personally kind of deal with being locked down? So the very beginning of lockdown, I will say, was one of the hardest periods of my life. And the, and the reason for that is I do have two young children. Mm -hmm. um, my son was seven at the time and my daughter was four. And I was home with them. My husband's a key worker, so he was still in London working. Um, and I had to try the whole homeschooling thing while running Women's Health. And it was so incredibly hard. And it was not fair on me and it was not fair on them. Yeah. Um, I just tried my best. In the midst of all of it, we did Women's Health Live virtual. So um, some of you may know that we were due to launch, not launch, run a big actual event yeah. in may in london eight thousand women over three days i had people flying in from australia for it la with kayla Asinas coming from australia julia michaels coming from la we had loads of celebrities and we had to cancel it so what i just decided to do was run a version of it digitally and yeah. we we hosted it across our social channels okay. it was an extraordinary success um, it had over 10 million video views, believe it or not, because we ran it at the time and everyone was not leaving their houses. Mm -hmm. But I had to manage that whole event, plus host many of the interviews, including interviewing Gillian Michaels live from LA. Yes. And I had COVID myself at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did. Oh. And severe. I just certainly not as severe as, as some people have had it. Um, it's, it lasted for about a month. Okay. And it's a very strange 
um, illness to have in that it goes in peaks and troughs. So okay. you, you think you're getting better and then you'll go down the hill again the next day. So I, um, <clears throat> but the, the coughs and the tightness yeah. of breath and the, the, the feeling of not being able to take a deep breath yeah. actually only lasted about three and four days. Okay. The, the other symptoms of it were, oh, in really, really intense headaches. You know, the type of headaches that are, you struggle to do, go about your day to day. Okay. Uh, d- dizziness. So, so if you moved quickly, the the, the it was the, the dizziness would intensify, and also brain fog. Um, okay. It was like I couldn't think straight. I couldn't I couldn't um, commu- get my words out. And but um, it, it lasted about a month, and yeah. my face swelled up. But believe it or not, and I, I lost my sense of taste and smell. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I had I had the tick list. You know, if oh, there wow. was a tick the list I had yeah. it um but it lasted about a month but I've got yeah. um friends who had it at the same time who are still very ill now they have Is the it? long covid yeah oh. yeah yeah so you mentioned that you kind of I mean it's great that you've kind of come out the other end of it as well oh. um you mentioned that you're at home kind of with the children and stuff like that so yeah. you're still able to kind of work out as well yeah, well, I was I was ill for for some of it as well. Me and the kids were doing um, pee with Joe nine okay. o'clock every day with Joe, yeah. and then what I was doing was when he was doing the rest periods every thirty seconds, I wasn't giving myself a rest. I was just doing it, you know, for twenty okay. minutes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was and I was using um, weights uh, to 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 you know to make the the movements harder. Yeah. Um, and then I was going into when I felt better, I. I was lucky enough to have kettlebells and stuff at home, you know, but God, I could have sold them and made a fortune because yeah. everyone was so Everything hard was to get sold out. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just um, following YouTube um, kettlebell workouts and stuff that I found. And I, I really found it quite liberating. It was, and we had lovely weather, if you remember as well. Yes, so yeah, I was, yeah. I was in the garden a lot, just doing workouts. And then I was um, very lucky to get a Peloton bike in June and, that's just transformed my my life which sounds yeah. <laughs> sounds very grand to say but um i just i just love it i yeah. love doing the the peloton app as well i do the strength classes on there and and then recently i got more home dumbbells so i'm pretty set up at home now yeah. um but i mean where do you find the time you're running the magazine you've got yeah. two kids yeah both young yeah uh, yeah how do you find the time to juggle all three well, I I have to prioritise working out for my mental health. And mm-hmm. um, working out makes me a better person all around. So a better manager, a better mother, a better wife, a better um, colleague, a better everything. So I have to prioritise working out. Yeah. So my my routine now that the kids are back in school, when the kids weren't in school, I yeah. just started to try and fit it in when I can. And I was guilty of putting the kids in front of the TV so I could do yeah. it, you know. Yeah. I, I, I did because I've done that a lot as well. Paw Patrol was like back yeah. to back sometimes. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I, I just had to do it, and and now the the kids are in school. You know, touch wood. Hope they stay there. Um, so now, as soon, as soon as I get back from school drop off, which is a quarter to nine, I'll do a, a session. So to, mm-hmm. I tend to do weights because I am following a program now that's been written okay. by Alice Living who I would normally train with if, if I was in London. Yeah. And then at lunchtime or towards the end of the day, I'll do 
half an hour cardio. So on the bike, or um, I, I, I do, I, I look for a, a workout and do a hit workout or yeah, something. Yeah. So do you, I, like, do you have to schedule it in like before the week starts, so you know, yeah. right, this hour I'm doing this or whatever. Yeah. So I, I block it out in my diary because, okay. as you can imagine, my diary is is nuts busy, and people yeah. just, you know, people can see um, when I'm available, and because I manage so many departments, plus I oversee events and I um, I work with commercial on on mm. um, pitching to agencies and stuff. So and all these different um, buckets across Hurst. Um, need my input so and they can see my diary so mm-hmm. there are days when I I literally I'm, I don't I, I've got meetings from from 10 till 6 so what I do is I make sure my diary is blocked out yeah. from 9 till 10 so mm-hmm. to allow me to exercise yeah. and I'm the same I'll block out a lunchtime at least three four times a week yeah. to to do something yeah. whether that's uh, an intense hit workout or i just get on my road bike and go out because otherwise i'm stuck in my house and we're working from home indefinitely you know mm. sitting in the spare bedroom it's yeah. a bit of a bleak existence isn't it yeah. you know it's, yeah. you don't you don't i don't see anyone apart from my kids some days yeah. which is you know it can be depressing in itself yeah i mean i i'm obviously not speaking on behalf of mothers as i'm not one myself but something I do realise is that you kind of put your family before yourself. Yeah. So, you know, rather than thinking like you do that for your mental health, fitness is really important. So you need to do that so that you're a better, a better wife, a better mother mm. um, for your family. Whereas a lot of mums tend to make sure the family's good first. And then yeah. if they have some time at the end, then they might just do a little workout if they can fit it in. And more yeah. time than not, they don't actually get around to doing it. So yeah. it's really good, what, like what you said about, you know, blocking it out and, you know, how important is it to you to kind of prioritise that you yeah. do have some time to yourself? It's, it's, it's hugely important. And what you're saying is absolutely right, that as women, we tend to put everyone before ourselves, the mm. weekly shop, the cleaning, the, the dinner, the kids, the, the school uniform, the getting the school bags ready. We put and we come so far down the pecking order, but I firmly believe that if we preserve our own armour, then mm. we are ready to, to go out and battle and get life done. And we are stronger and in a better position to be a good mum, a good wife, a good a good manager, a good colleague, yeah. whatever you want to be. And I believe that women, if you put yourselves first and put your own well-being first, and so eating well and moving more, it will have a positive effect on all aspects of your life. And also there's been some research by This Girl Can, which is um, the amazing campaign by Sport England, mm-hmm. and it says that children brought up in homes where they see their mum exercising are much more likely to exercise themselves and continue to exercise into adulthood. So in in an age where, you know, the childhood obesity is endemic, sports fields are being sold off, children are sitting in front of laptops and, and computer games, you know, there's, I think we have a duty uh, as mums to to show an example to our to our children you know um and i do with with my two you know they 
they did PE with Joe with me uh, during lockdown. And, yeah. and even now, Nell says to me, my daughter, she's five, come on, mummy, let's do 10 squats. Oh, and then we, um, you know, her form needs some work. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really proud that she sees me lifting weights and yeah. she, she's, she's really interested and fascinated by it. And, and I hope that she grows up to be like I was and, and love sports and loved being active. So when did your relationship with weight start? Because you know there's like a general misconception that, you know, if women lift weights, then they're going to, you know, automatically become muscly and bulky or whatever. Yeah. Um, was you always aware that that wasn't the case or was that something you had to kind of learn? I had to learn that, if I'm honest. So I would do weights in classes, you know. So I'd, all, I'd always done things like circuit training and... Mm. Les Mills and all those type yeah, of classes, yeah. power body pump and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I was, I was the person that would not particularly pick up heavy weights. So I did rowing at university, and I was I was pretty good at it. And we used to lift weights then. But even mm. then, this was such a long time ago. There wasn't the the information and the instruction for women to to weight train as effectively as there is now. But I properly started weight training when I joined Women's Health because. Okay. Um, how, long, then, how long ago was that now how long have you been it'll there? be four years in January okay. so it's um, yeah quite a long time so it's yeah I, I met Alice Living who is still my, my trainer to this day yeah. and she's a, a huge proponent for, for weight training and um, and, and ever since then I, I lifted weights um, there's a lot of noise I think in wellness about how if you do cardio, it can affect your gains. You know, your if you it can it can if you want to build muscle, you shouldn't do too much cardio. Yeah, but yeah. I respectfully disagree with that because for me, respectfully, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for me, yeah. being fit is being all round fit, yes. and I don't want to be really strong if I can't run or yes. I can't. You know, if my cardiovascular fitness is shocking, so I I want to be all round fit, and if that means I'm not going to have um, amazing you know, shapely glutes because I've I've compromised some of my gains by mm -hmm. by doing cardio, then then so be it because I I want to I want to consider myself someone who's all around healthy and have a very balanced relationship with fitness. And yeah. I don't want to get too far down that route of, you know, lifting super, super heavy weights if it if it if it compromises other aspects of of what I want to get done. Yeah, um, I'm, I asked the, the rest of the Sweat Club for some questions, and I've got one. Um, what is your favourite and least favourite exercise? And that was from Carla. So my favourite is anything. I've got really strong legs, so my my favourite is any sort of deadlifts and squats and stuff like that. In terms yeah. of strength training, I'm talking about my least favourite by a country mile. And I don't know what it is. You know, if you're in a plank position and then you yeah. do a row, what's that called? When you do a single arm row in a plank position. Well, like a renegade row. Yeah. God, I hate them. <laughs> I can't. I just, I can't. I, I absolutely hate them. It's my, my least favourite strength training move of all time. And then if I was to say my, my overall favourite, sort of fitness is is spinning is on a bike okay I, i'll just i love i don't like spinning for some yeah. reason i find it i find it boring yeah it depends i hate the classes 
where they're dancing. You know, dip uh, your shoulder, dip your shoulder. I can't stick any of that. So <laughs> I just want to be beasted. I want to be on a bike and yeah. just shouted at. And and then I, I also love rowing. I used to row competitively, yeah, no, I, and I I'm still rowing. very, very well. You know, sound arrogant. I'm very good, but I'm I'm very conditioned to row. Whereas a lot of people struggle with it. You know, yeah, I can no. I can sit on a, a rower for half an hour and yeah, do no. the endurance row and just and just love it. So yeah. all the cardio equipment, I would definitely pick rower first. Yeah, just because it yeah. gets the the whole upper and lower body as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, I really do enjoy that one. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to ask you, what can we kind of look forward to in your kind of upcoming publications from Women's Health? So we are launching a campaign in December called The Loneliness Remedy. And it is a service-driven, multi-platform campaign to combat loneliness. So we've done some research and women have been disproportionately affected by COVID in terms of job losses, um, furlough schemes. And also the um, the weight of childcare has unfairly, unfairly fallen on them. Um, so women have been struggling and a, and a very high number are now reporting on being lonely and it's affecting their mental health. So we are working with a university who's um, uh, created a research paper about how many social interactions you should have a day to ward off um, loneliness. So we are launching a campaign as it'll be launched digitally in December, so on the website and on social and on the podcast, and then it will be in print in the new year. So it'll be a six-month campaign. Um, we were, we're working with world-leading um, experts and doctors and behavioural experts, and hopefully it will um, uh, help women um, feel less lonely and feel less isolated and, and feel that they're not alone. We also have a campaign ongoing at the moment called Project Body Love, this okay. is the campaign that's been running for two years and it's to encourage women to embrace their healthy bodies. Um, so there's a lot of service-driven content in that, both to, to... And we all know, and we've done research on this as well, that actually women's relationship with their bodies, it's all in their head, you know, the negative mm -hmm. talk and the... Yeah. The, you know, the, we're so hard on ourselves that we say things to ourselves that we would never say to someone else. You know, I would never look at someone else and say... God, look at the size of your thighs, but I do to myself, you know. So, um, so we've we there's a lot of um, work going on for that at the moment. Our podcast is going great guns. Um, it's it's hugely hugely successful. It's called Going for Goal. I would urge everyone to to download it and have have a listen. The, um, the current issue um, episode is me interviewing Alice Living actually okay. about strength training. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had great guests on there, like Davina McCall, Gemma Atkinson. And then it's, um, every four weeks is a celebrity interview, which I do. And then the other three episodes, is a weekly, is service-driven content such as skincare in your 20s, 30s, 40s and beyond. Or um, uh, like how to build boundaries in this chaotic world or something. But again, like all content in women's health, it's science based mm -hmm. academic backed and very credible it's, we we speak to top experts and it's um it's because of the power of the brand that yeah. whenever we ask an expert to speak to us so they could be in harvard or they could be in oxford university or they could mm. be um, a top doctor in the uk they generally say yes which is which is a privilege and a joy and i hope that we do them justice
Oh, that sounds really good. All right, so I don't want to keep you too long. I know you've got packing. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to just open up the floor a little bit just for a few questions. If anyone in the room has a few questions, just to, they want to ask Claire, um, just comment down below. We'll just go through a few quickly before Claire runs off to continue packing. Um, so, yeah, has anyone got any questions? Did I miss any earlier? Feel free to just comment below. I haven't seen any. Don't be shy, guys. <laughs> so how are you finding lockdown? Um, I'm a bit of a homebody, so I've <laughs> I found it quite easy, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the, I think the hardest part was in the early stages where the nursery was closed and my daughter was at home. So you had me doing video sessions in one room. My wife was... Um, doing like conference calls and stuff in the other room and then my daughter's kind of in the middle trying to look for attention yeah. so like you said we kind of had the tv on you know Paw Patrol was just going back to back as she was kind of watching that so I kind of felt unfair for her yeah um but then you know once the nurseries opened again then you know she was able to go in but for me personally um I still managed to, to to continue working, doing one-to-one -one sessions via video. Um, I started doing live workouts pretty early, so um, that kind of kept me kept me motivated and kept me working out as well, which I felt was important. Yeah. Um, even if I only had like two or three people doing the IG lives with me, um, I just felt it was important to kind of continually do something. Yeah. And um, yeah, now that we've started Sweat Club, which started last week, which is like an eight week program. Um, so myself, we have four other coaches. Um, we're putting on a total of like 96 live workouts. Wow. Um, we also, yeah, we're also doing like a newsletter and um, we're going to do these weekly talks. So next week we have Anisha, who's an osteopath. Okay. So we're going to speak speak with her next week. So idea is that every week we kind of speak to someone different and it's all kind of around health and well-being. Oh, so that good. kind of kept me kept me um you know motivated and kept me focused on something. Ah, yeah. got a question here for you. Do you work with schools at all? Thinking about how we can encourage fitness as a lifestyle from a young age. I would love to work with schools and I've tried the problem with schools is they're very very hard to work with because there is so much red tape to get through so i had um a, an idea for a campaign that i wanted to, to do this year actually when it was due to be an olympic year and to use former olympians and take mm -hmm. them into schools to create workouts for teenage girls because the average age for dropout of sport for teenage girls is 14 and okay. that is for a number of reasons mm -hmm. it's to do with body image yeah, it's yeah. to do with not wanting to stand out and be seen as competitive because being seen as competitive is not a cool thing yeah. um it's peer pressure there's so many reasons so i wanted to take former olympians into schools and do workouts for teenage girls and it was just borderline impossible it was it was it was a real struggle to um to to get any the go-ahead from the department of education and from schools to do so so i i would love to to work with schools 
But I know from other brands' experience, Cosmo have done some work on sex education with schools and Men's Health did um, a, a project with mental health in young, in young boys, teenagers, but they did them with individual schools and I know they had a real hardship then and I wanted to do it go big. You know, I wanted yeah. to, to do a bit of a roadshow. So I, I still have the ambition and the want to do so, but it's much trickier than you could ever imagine. And that's a shame to hear that. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a shame it's because to, to start from early. Yeah, and for, we we want these teenage girls to think staying fit and active and healthy is cool because then they will then will take it through with them to university and beyond. Like we, we something needs to be done to stop the mass dropout rate when girls are fourteen. So you know, and and I I was I played netball in school, but I remember being mortified being made to run round in in big red knickers you know when I had curves before any of my friends so yes, yes. and then the the communal showers you know girls are embarrassed by their changing bodies at that time and there's there's so many aspects that schools and the education system need to look at to address the dropout because if they start taking precautions when the girls are teenagers, they will ward off the expenditure they will have to spend on them if these girls become unhealthy because they yes. develop obesity or any other um, illnesses associated with their health. Well, keep persevering. Thank you. Uh, another question. Any advice you'd offer to your younger 21-year-old self? I would say to my younger 21-year-old self, just chill out because it is go all going to be okay. I think I was, I come from a very humble background in the South Wales Valleys and I was always trying to aim high and putting an awful lot of pressure on myself, which ultimately ended up affecting my mental health. So um, I think if I could look back at my 21-year-old self, I would I would say you don't have to push yourself as hard as you go into. You don't have to do the things that you feel compromise your ethics and compromise your personal safety. You don't have to say yes to everything because have confidence in your ability and have confidence in your your skill and your intelligence that you can make it anyway without having to um, ultimately make yourself ill with working so hard. Yeah. Okay, we've got one more. What tips would you give to it to set boundaries around working from home and allow time to for well being? It's ugh, I, I I need the tips myself to be honest. We <laughs> we are doing a feature on this in the next issue of Women's Health because it is a topic that I would like to know the answer to. My my tips would be what I've done for myself now is I, I when I first started working from home I was working in the kitchen and I found that I was getting so distracted by you know the, the fridge and just life so what I I started doing was go into the spare bedroom I'm lucky enough to have a spare bedroom I know not everyone has that and now I very much treat that as my office okay. so what I try to do is not bring work downstairs so I've, you know, I try not to look at emails when I'm not in the spare bedroom. So I've created a boundary, a physical boundary between what is my office and the rest of my house. Um, a tip that Amy, who you know, Amy, uh, Amy Lane, Wellness Ed says, is that she creates a commute into her day. 
So this only really works if you don't have children, by the way. I couldn't do this. But at the end of her working day, at the time when she would normally be commuting, she goes out for a walk and she leaves her house. So so she's put in that that stop to the end of her working day. So when she comes back in, she tries to come back into her house in a a different mindset. And then my final one would be, if you can, and I realise not everyone can control their own work diaries, but I... I book in my diary workouts like I book in a meeting but it is in my diary and and I'm doing it and no one is going to stop me from doing it once it's in my diary so and I you know I'm also holding myself accountable as well the fact that I it's in my diary in black and white train so then I do it yeah oh that's amazing well Claire thank you so much for this chat really appreciate you taking the time out on your Sunday evening from packing moving house tomorrow to come and chat with us um really appreciate it and um yeah no that was really great um i hope that our um club members learned something and those of them who hasn't read women's health yet go and get themselves a copy Um, especially the the comment the one coming out in december as well that's really interesting yeah Okay. Thank you so much for asking me. Um, No worries. Enjoy. Thank you. You take care, Claire. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, guys, that was good. That was our first episode of our first edition of the Sweat Talk series. uh, Our first chat, and that was Claire Sanderson, the editor in chief of Women's Health. So next week we have uh, award-winning osteopath uh, Anisha Joshi. Um, She's going to talk about the importance of movement and your posture and things like that. So that's going to be another good chat for us next week. So for the rest of you sweat clubbers, I'm going to post our weekly schedule after this chat. 